0: I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box.
1: This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Today, Taylor and I are here, bear with us. I'm just getting my voice back and she is just losing hers. So if we sound a little different, that's why, but we really wanna talk about this topic today about abusive partners and how that impacts um, really the childbearing years in full. So anything from conception to postpartum and everything in between, Um, that's really what we're gonna focus on. So I think initially we should start with conception. Uh, things that I've seen that people that have infertility problems that they'll get pregnant and lose them or just not get pregnant uh, a lot of times it can be because of this there are so many reasons those things can happen and you know sometimes it's just physical stuff where we need to balance out hormones but there's also the reality that it could be the energy and the spiritual, mental, emotional connection between the pair um, and their own reservations, their own things in their mind. There are so many factors there that impact that, but especially in abusive situations. If a woman is not treated well, her body and her eggs do not want to receive life with this person that isn't well to them. Whether it's mental, emotional, physical, or financial abuse or anything like that, um, that plays a role on her mind and her mind her body communicates with her mind and it knows those things so a lot of times um they might conceive and there might be a spirit baby that's wanting to come to her um, or for that person but not together so they might conceive and then they lose the baby they always lose babies reoccurring things um I see that really common with those that are abusive what would you say to that
0: yeah I definitely see where um People will struggle to conceive, and like everything can be perfect lab wise, chart wise. um, They even do like sperm analysis, and everything looks fine. Um, But for whatever reason, they're just not getting pregnant. And the reason is because their souls are not meshing. Her body is telling her that this person is not who she is supposed to conceive with. And even if she forces herself to conceive uh, eventually down the road with this person, Um, it, it might lead to a miscarriage or it might lead to a stillbirth or baby that's unwell, because when you're continuously not treated well, and you're in that fight or flight response, then you're going to have some impact to your body. Like it's already having an impact to your eggs. They say that, um, generational trauma even carries in the eggs of a woman. Um, so trauma impacts your eggs, your fertility, your uterus, like we carry all of our emotional baggage there. And so it's really important to consider that when you're trying to conceive and you're having a hard time, that if you don't feel totally aligned with your partner and you feel like they're not good to you, this is your body screaming at you like, no, this is not the person that you should be with. I know for myself, I was like, I knew that I wasn't being treated like well, but not enough to where I was like, well, I don't want to not have another baby with this person. Like I want to have a baby. I'm probably never going to be with anybody else. Like I still want to have another baby. Um, and I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that us not meshing and him being abusive was why I couldn't either get pregnant or sustain a pregnancy or why I would um, lose a pregnancy like later. Into the pregnancy when I had previously carried 42 weeks or whatever. Um, I couldn't wrap my head around that. So yeah, that's my perspective there. It also definitely carries into pregnancy complications, if you want to touch on what pregnancy complications you've seen from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So depression in general, uh, that's one, because there is a confliction in the brain of like, hey, I'm bringing this life here, and this person's not treating me well. And then Are they going to treat this baby well definitely normal things to think and to to, that would impact the brain that makes sense to me um but anything from elevated blood pressure to cholestasis preeclampsia and i think there is like a scientific tie to the partner impacting those things regardless of abuse or not um but yeah especially in those cases when they're in these toxic environments the organs and the uh, way that the body functions is impacted by this. And I feel like that's not something that's taught. It's not something that definitely mainstream providers are versed on. And they're just like, oh, this is the treatment for that, where it's like, let's look beyond that. Let's look at your relationship dynamic, the environment you're living in and that your pregnancy is being subjected to. Uh, Like you said, the the flight response, whatever, fight or flight, that leaves you in a constant state of stress that can cause issues and that can cause loss mid pregnancy that can cause stillbirth come birth time, especially if the woman is feeling in distress during her labor. I see that that is probably the most common uh, kind of situation, but what other uh, pregnancy complications would you say?
0: I would say definitely preeclampsia when it doesn't make sense for preeclampsia to occur. Not that we always know why it happens, but like they can change their diet. They can be taking these tinctures, um, make their food lifestyle perfect and be doing all these things. And still her blood pressure is like through the roof and she's feeling unwell. Um, I've seen that correlated with abusive partners. I've seen uh, premature rupture of membranes like earlier on in the pregnancy um coleostasis where her liver starts shutting down and that makes sense because it's all like it's all in the abdomen like our digestive system changes when we're under stress and so it would make sense that our digestive organs and our reproductive organs start going into distress when we're not being well loved and all of that um so i've definitely seen that um trying to think of what else? Maybe like skin presenting things, um, pups being related, like s- weird skin rashes and stuff that doesn't make sense um, to just pop out of nowhere. I've seen that be related. Oh, yeast infections, yeast infections, and UTIs out the wazoo. Like reoccurring doesn't make sense. Gut health good, everything's good, but when you have sex with the person that you're not energetically well with, and um. Whether they ejaculated or not, um, and that makes contact with your vagina, your yoni is like, no, no, I don't want this person in me. I don't want this energy in me, and um, so it will send up red flags. I like to call them Um, with the with the yeast infections and the UTIs. Like this person's body fluids and their energy are not supposed to be mixing with yours. I'm rejecting this, and again, it's just another big hello, pay attention to me. I'm trying to tell you something because you're not listening otherwise. And um, thyroid issues as well. So if thyroid issues come up in the pregnancy, maybe it's related to that adrenal response because your adrenals and your thyroid are closely connected. So um, if that is coming up, really sit with how aligned are you with your partner? How does your partner treat you? Do you feel well with how he or she treats you? I definitely think
1: that that plays a role. Yeah, for sure. And there's many other things that I think could happen. Just the body being in distress from the stress that they're experiencing, even if they don't realize it. I think that some women um, don't realize that they're in an unhealthy relationship because they had, that's all they've seen their whole life. So that's normal to them. Whereas myself, I grew up in a pretty, you know, pretty healthy relationship home and I had that myself. So I hadn't experienced that. But like seeing other people, I'm like, wow, this is clear as day. What the hell? Like <laughs> she deserves better than that. But to her, that's normal. So yeah. And it people, they don't realize that. And they're like, oh, this is just normal. I'm experiencing these problems. All oh, they just happened. Yeah, well, usually there is a cause. And if it's not a physical thing, it is usually a mental or emotional kind of thing. Um, and it all goes back to that. And I think one of the big things I want to touch on is that it can Kill a baby, like not even just like in the pregnancy or early on or second trimester or third. It it can lead to stillbirth, especially in cases of labor. If the mom would be mentally in distress, if she's feeling that high level of stress because her partner is there and her partner's abusive. I mean, I'm sure most providers would agree that they have a higher chance of losing their baby because the stress, the physical aspect, but also some of those souls don't want to be here. They are not quick to, let's get here, let's get to this this really shitty relationship, this isn't really what I'm looking for kind of thing, where they just come to have a womb walk, they just came to experience pregnancy, because they don't want to deal with that dynamic. I think it also goes into uh, labor patterns, I find that those that are abused, or not supported well in their pregnancy, they typically will have longer labors, not always, but if their partner is around, and they're, you know, people-pleasy, and they want to please their partner, and they're trying to meet their needs they can't focus on them and that drags out the labor and like I'm sure it's not for everybody but I've seen that be the case and it makes things more stressful and then she's tired and then that alone can lead to the maternal distress and baby being in distress and all that kind of stuff so there are so many aspects of that that even if you carry that baby to term it doesn't mean that that soul is really excited to get here. It doesn't mean they're going to come here. And I think a lot of people miss out on that. Like for myself, I screen my clients extensively with this kind of stuff. I also meet with them multiple times in pregnancy because I want to see their dynamic because of things like this. And if I get a vibe that they aren't healthy, I will give them their money back and they are not for me. I'll find, I'll give you someone else's phone number. I'm not going to that. I'm not going to witness those things because I know how they go. And the fact that I know how it goes and I'm still doing it, I feel like I'm setting myself up. So I won't work in those kind of um, capacities if I'm able to catch it ahead of time. Is there anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, for sure. I wanted to say that like spiritual wise, I feel like those babies, um, when they come knowing like um, that they're going to experience like a stressful pregnancy themselves, and then pass away due to that stress. I feel like they know, but it's like hey mom, like I really want to be here with you. Um but you need to wake up and you need to get away from this person. I feel like that is so like a death of a baby at the end of a pregnancy is so like world-shaking and like soul-shifting that it will sometimes wake women up to be like, "Oh, like was that because of all of the stress and all of the arguing and all of the emotional abuse and belittling and controlling and all of that, like she'll really sit with that in like her grieving period. I feel like if she's awake and willing to be receptive to stuff like that, and that will really make her uh, wake up and start thinking about like, maybe I shouldn't be with this person. Um, And I feel like it's also very telling, like when a baby uh, passes away, how the man treats the death and how he views it Um, because I've seen with like abusive partners after their woman has like a miscarriage or something the blame tends to fall on the woman in his eyes like she did something wrong or she wasn't faithful enough um, or she didn't trust the birth enough or something like that. And that just really shows the whole dynamic. And I feel like that's right in your face for most women that it would be like, whoa, are you really like blaming me for this baby's death kind of thing and really makes her reassess the whole situation. But I've definitely seen labors stall from toxic, unsupported partners, um, seen women go to like 43, 44 weeks because their body just doesn't feel safe to go into labor around that person. Or her labor be so brutal, like so intense um, the whole time. And just still, even with the intensity, it just doesn't seem like she can progress um, or feels like baby won't get to the right position, won't come down. Um, all different kinds of things of like labor stalling or labor being super hard or a shoulder dystocia happening because, like, the body's just so tense and stressed out, and she doesn't feel like she can fully be herself and be vulnerable because he's not the kind of person you can be vulnerable with. So, there are so many things that I've seen in labor, um, that are just like it's so obvious when the partner is unsupportive, even if they don't show it and they seem like the most genuine supportive person, that's what narcissists do. Um, they want to paint a picture of how great they are to everybody else. And so if a birth attendant is there, they'll be on their best behavior. And um, usually, <laughs> not always. But I've also seen where a lot of women transfer um, either in the pregnancy or in labor because he's not actually on board for home birth. And she thought that she was going to be able to do it anyways without his support but then he starts pulling her into the room starts getting controlling like no I don't like this this is taking too long like we just need to get this over with or if she's a VBAC and he doesn't feel like she can birth at home they'll be like we just need to go in for a c-section um this is so prevalent I I feel like I'm reliving so many experiences that I've seen with clients where it's just like the men are so unsupportive that they just transfer to the hospital because he wants to um, or because she knows that she's not gonna feel safe enough to actually birth at home with his presence there. So yeah, that's how I I see
1: it. I've seen all of that as well. (laughs) I've seen all of that. And that's why I do the screening and stuff that I do because yeah, it is more common than I would have ever thought. Like I said, I hadn't known that this was such a prevalent thing and such a common thing I didn't grow up with that in my life. I I didn't know that God made creatures like that. And he does. Like some people are just not well. And it impacts all of that. It impacts everything there. The other day, I saw an image and it said something about how um, they believe that when a man kneels at the feet of his woman and catches and receives his baby, that he's less likely to go on to harm them again if he had been, you know, abusive prior And I just was like, no, though, (laughs) no, though, that is not what I've seen. And I think that you agree that we've seen many, many, many situations where, yeah, they're real cool in labor. Like some of them aren't, some of them will just fuck off or they'll go away or they don't want to be there or they'll be half-assed there, which is even worse. It's better to just get them out the way or they'll be, fall around like a puppy, treat her like gold, something he never does because he sees her in this state. And other people are there, so he's like, okay. He like falls in line-ish, I guess you could say. And he'll be supportive, he'll be great, and it's, everything seems normal, and he'll be cool postpartum, but it doesn't last more than a day or two maybe. Maybe some are longer, and you know, maybe some, some partners aren't completely changed, but I don't think that that is the common outcome because those who are abusive, they're not abusive just because they feel like it, because they, they were sad and now they're happy it's usually soul level, sometimes cellular level, it's sometimes uh, trauma from previous generations. There's so much there that catching your baby is not likely going to change the way that you treat somebody because your mind still works the same way. That's a lot of undoing and a lot of personal work that is not gonna happen in a 30 second span of time of catching your baby from your woman. Um, And if it does, it's not
0: for very long. Right, I agree. They have a certain type of mind that, for whatever reason, either trauma-wise or um, chemically-wise, it just it is that abusive, controlling need to dominate other people and be in control of all situations. Um, it's a different type of mind, and unfortunately, catching a baby is not going to fix that. Um, it may be very temporary. They can get the birth high too. They can be feeling all of those hormones in the air and the different uh, connections and the energy, especially if they are a more receptive to energy personality type, they can still feel that and present that they feel that and act fine for a couple of days. I mean, they can act fine in general. That's their that's their cycle, that they'll have those love bombing times and they'll they'll be that really great person. And that's what keeps you addicted to their cycle. That's what keeps women staying. And so I think that that quote must be from the perspective of like a man that wants to be good or um, is just insecure or not confident or something. And then he catches. The baby, and then he's changed because he's like, wow, we had that beautiful bonding experience, and now I feel confident as a man, I feel confident in my woman, and maybe that would be what that quote is actually referring to, not an actual abusive man, because an abusive man will continue to hurt his woman, no matter how many babies he catches from her, because that is his Mindset, and unless you go to like serious therapy, serious undoing, and trauma work and soul level stuff, like that's not going to be fixed from catching a baby. I do believe women can be changed because it, like, like we talked about on the other podcast the other day, like it just busts open your chakras, and it's like, nope, you are going to spiritually be completely changed, but it doesn't do the same thing for a man. They don't experience that full body hormonal response and that opening of their womb like it's just not in their body concept and um it's not in their creation to do that especially an abusive man is still going to be like no I still view you as my pet basically as somebody that I can control and puppeteer around I know for um for my situation personally like my ex was like he caught our first baby in the hospital was like crying and everything felt that he was like so moved by the experience, but still very much hurt both of us a whole bunch. So I, even though that was a hospital birth, um, he still witnessed like the loss of our other baby and the immediate postpartum of our other baby that was alive and born at home. And that's still It didn't do anything for him. He was actually immediately abusive, like 10 to 15 minutes postpartum. So it's like very clear. It goes to show that they really don't change. They'll just come back and show their side no matter what. It does come back, even if
1: they temporarily are really nice. Yeah, I've seen the same thing. And if it's not immediate postpartum, it is after that birth high wears off, that kind of thing. Or they could be upset that she had this empowering thing and they're like oh that may it could ignite the um abusiveness and whatnot is what i've also seen but outside of like that part so it can it can completely ruin the labor it can cause them to go into stress it can kill the baby it can totally kill a baby domestic violence relationships uh and labors it's I've seen it a few times, not with my clients, but others. And it's a thing, but outside of that, say baby makes it, they give birth, baby's here. And what do we see then? What do we see then that these abusive situations lead to? So I see that blood loss is a significant component, significant component with those that aren't treated well, aren't supported well, or are abused straight up. They typically pour blood and they can be cool or they can be not cool and have all the things and we gotta clean up the mess and get them back to being okay. Um, Yeah, I've seen everything in between and they are typically the ones that aren't well. Now that's not to say that I've not had people that bled a lot and they're treated fine. It's not the only cause, but in situations where I know that a woman is not treated right, I expect it. I would expect it because yeah, it's, it's a big tie. That's something that I've seen. Have you seen that aspect? Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: I've not only seen it, but like experienced it myself. I'm a heavy bleeder. And I've only actually the only bird that I didn't bleed heavily was with babies that weren't his. So I think that that is really telling. Um, And I've also seen it in other women that like very obviously had toxic partners and it's because again going back to like us carrying the emotional baggage and trauma and stress in our wombs um we have to like cry that out of our womb because most women that are in abusive situations are very emotionally numb and don't even like release those emotions and so they just go into storage you pack more shit into storage and um then the birth As your placenta is being born, as your uterus is uh, coming down after babies come out, your uterus just pours all of those emotions and just has to have some kind of release. And that's the only time that it can release and it can lead to like really serious issues. So yeah, I've definitely seen that. I've also seen babies that are like really struggling postpartum, moms struggling to breastfeed postpartum because they just don't have the same level of support. Um, Not that, like, a lot of people don't have support, but it's different when, like, your partner is not rooting you on or doesn't feel like you can do it. And not only that, but they're telling you that you're not enough regularly. And so that, um, that really plays a role in how people are as a mother and how people are able to successfully breastfeed, like all of that emotional heaviness and that mental mind game, it affects so much postpartum, even where mom and baby can't have like a solid connection or a solid nursing relationship. It bleeds all into the postpartum and everything.
1: Absolutely. I think I've, I've said many times about how the womb cries red tears. I think I've made like a, a post about it before, but it does. The womb cries, it cries all of that out, whether she consciously knows about it or not. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that be a thing and it does, it bleeds into the postpartum everything. So the breastfeeding, like you said, people, you're, you know, you can have people that are like, you're great, but if the person in your home is saying some stuff, like oh, that baby's crying because it's hungry, you're not enough, you're not doing it, like just belittling, not being supportive, not helping, not um, being supportive in any other regard, like helping with the other kids or helping with, you know, the house and they're putting stress on the mom, that depletes the milk too. Her mind can inhibit that too. And her her own self-doubt and her ability to not only birth, but to breastfeed, she can have a lot of doubt in that because she already has doubt in her own existence because of this guy over here in the corner or girl, whatever their partner is, um, isn't treating them right. So they already have that self-doubt. So that can totally impact breastfeeding because yeah, it's, it's the mind, the mind has that. So also like postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, I find that that is, it is a chemical thing in some cases, like everything, it could be a, a physical thing, but it can also be mental, and emotional. In most of the cases that I see that women experience that, It is due to a lack of support postpartum uh, and struggling or feeling alone, the mind. And they go through these things and they experience them because they're not treated well. Not all, like I said, it's not every case of that, but it does give a higher chance of experiencing those when you are in a relationship that is toxic or in an environment that's toxic. Even if it's not your partner, you're living with your mom or your, your mother-in-law and they can be toxic. That can be the same thing. And that can mess up your whole postpartum. And like you said, with the babies having issues, yep, especially if you know it's cellular level with the eggs, with the sperm, all of that. And that can lead to them being unwell, unhealthy babies in whatever regard, whether it's immune, whether it's they come with uh, different issues, genetic stuff, like whatever. It could be anything because they carried all of that in the womb. They grew with it or they're in this toxic environment and they can accrue those uh, illnesses and sicknesses or whatever's going on. Of course, like genetic stuff, that's there from from the get go. But other things that can come up, immune stuff, even if you be totally perfect, those babies can be impacted, like not even just as infants through their growing years. Would you add anything to that?
0: Yeah, I definitely think the postpartum mental disorders are a really big thing. If you look at like the statistics of how many women, and these are only reported cases of how many women are in an abusive relationship of some variety, and then how many women also have a postpartum mood disorder, they're basically equivalent. And so I feel like that's very telling. Um, one, the, the hospital, like the captive abusive birthing spaces are a thing um, that are also contributing to that, of course, with their manipulation of hormones and the lack of connection that they offer and things. But I definitely think that how the partners are at home plays a huge, huge role in that, Um, and I've definitely seen women that have, like, you would think they just had this super empowered birth experience, um, and they're breastfeeding well, they're well overall, and they're eating really good, like, doing everything that they can, totally perfect, and yet they're still really struggling postpartum mentally and then you kind of see their partners are like on edge when you come over to the postpartum visits or like they seem to avoid you or you hear like a backhanded comment and a lot of people would brush it off and be like oh maybe he's just tired like maybe he's just having a bad day but I feel like if the two are correlated he's probably being really crappy to her and um, that will definitely affect how her her hormones are able to adjust and how she's able to heal. Um, Even her healing can be delayed. I've seen women that are in toxic relationships, they take significantly longer to heal postpartum because it's just dragging out that body's nervous system response. And when your nervous system doesn't feel well, it's not gonna focus on regeneration. Um, It's gonna take several weeks to feel like a normal person again. And that's really hard trying to work through that when you're already dealing with this kind of person and trying to balance their emotions because they're like, just get up and get over it already. Like, get out of bed, let's go, let's do uh, what we got to do. Let's get back to our normal life. Like you just had a vaginal birth, what's the problem? Why can't you get up and walk around now and help me with dishes and cook and the kids and blah, blah, blah. They just expect you to snap back. And um, that can be really hard because they're the ones that are hindering your healing progress. Um, so that's something to think about as well. And really, other than that, I just wanted to say, like, if any of this resonates with you and you're like, oh, my God, I'm probably experiencing these reoccurring miscarriages or not being able to get pregnant, or I've had really crappy postpartum experiences or pregnancy experiences, and you think it's because your partner is toxic or abusive, or you know it's because your partner is toxic or abusive, um, there is always, always, always another alternative of where you can birth, how you can birth, who you're going to birth with. um, And there's ways to continue and better your life afterwards and get the heck away from them and not just leave, but like have a good life. I've seen so many women just keep having babies with the same crappy man. And have been there, done that, but like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> so just know that there are better options. There are tons of success stories. So that's all that I really wanted to say. Other than that, is there anything that you would wanna add?
1: Yeah, I wanna talk on a few of the things that I know that we had seen um, in different cases where it's been like red flags, like, um where they want to control the situation where they'll be like oh no we're not doing that we're not getting in the pool we're not doing that even though that's what she really wanted and she expressed that or she wants a certain playlist and he's like no we're listening to my music or what else like you had mentioned before like about the cord burning like her wanting to have cord burning and then they're like no we're just going to cut the cord we're not doing that even though that was really important to her and she'll just agree with it. Cause usually they do that, the battered wives syndrome kind of thing where they're like, oh, okay, well, whatever he wants, whatever he wants, like big, huge signs, but typically you'll see those prenatally. I've also seen um, or heard of cases where the dad isn't okay with being there. So he'll freak out and make a scene and make it like we're transferring now. I've not had my clients do that, but I, I don't know if it was you or others, but also where they just call 911, you're like, fuck this this is, I'm controlling this, I'm going to say how it goes, and this is what it's going to be. Yeah,
0: I had the one guy, well, I've had a couple situations that were, that were kind of like that, but the one guy really stands out in my mind, and every time I pass by that hospital and neighborhood, I can't, like, not think about her and wonder how she is, because she's not on social media because of him, because he doesn't like Facebook, um, he won't let her have her own phone, like, oh my gosh, so many things. And I was just the midwife's assistant here. So I didn't even know her prenatally, just walked into this birth experience and could could already tell. Um, but she was entering transition, even almost starting to push for, for her second baby. And um, she was just so loud like screaming bloody murder because it was so intense for her um I believe baby was posterior if I remember correctly and it was just going so fast and um he was just way not okay with it he wasn't on board with home birth to begin with but they were doing it anyways and she really really wanted it so I guess at some point he obliged but um when she started getting vocal, you could tell that he was disturbed, like he was scared. And he kept looking at us and being like, are you sure this is okay? And he was feeling that lack of control. And so he was like, he kept telling her, you know, like, we, we got to go, we got to go to the hospital. This is not normal. And we're like, shut up. It's normal. But he didn't like women telling him that it was okay. I felt like, Um, and especially his woman to be feeling so much of this power and this intensity and him not being able to control it and I feel like he knew that if she had a home birth that she would obtain the power to leave him to know that she could do anything um, to do something so intense that she could also leave him and um, he went outside he was a cop And so he went outside and he called his buddies. and was like, hey, this is my situation. I need you to send um, ambulances and bring cops here if the midwives aren't cool, whatever he said, I don't know. But that's what it felt like because everybody rolled up real quick. and, um, And he was like, get on the bed, you're going to the hospital. And she was just like, okay, we like pulled her to the side real quick. We were like, you don't have to go. Like, we will stay here with you. You don't have to go with him. Um, and she was like, no, I want to go, I want to go to the hospital and got in the ambulance and ended up birthing without him, um, in the ambulance because she was literally having her baby at that moment, but, um, which is fine. She still got to have the birth without him and still got to have a natural birth. But he just, oh, it was just such a crazy situation where he forced her to go to the hospital. And it is, it is like that for men. like view home birth is so empowering to women that they, they don't dare have that power because then they would feel that drive and that knowing that they, they can do anything and that they're powerful enough to birth without him and be without him. And they don't want to start that first initiative for her to feel that she's strong enough to do that because that's their whole motive to control and make her feel like she's never enough
1: absolutely and it's it, it, I mean it's it's insanely toxic it is it's it has a, like a poor impact on everybody but yeah those things can happen and it's just amazing to me because it's very opposite of me uh for the woman to just be like yep I'm gonna do that even though she's like okay I have to do what he says because he's the one I can't imagine that I'd be like fuck you get outside you're sleeping in the doghouse for the next couple months you're trying to get in my way right now like <laughs> is wild to me, but looking into how battered wives syndrome works and how abuse people, uh, how they respond to that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I get it. And it is so heartbreaking. But yeah, if others experience this stuff, like you said, I hope that they sit with themselves and, you know, sit with all of this. And if you have those kind of experiences where with the crappy postpartum or issues with conception, especially in fertility, a lot of the people I work with in uh, fertility support, that's the issue. It is their relationship dynamic. Um, just just sit with it. Because you know what? Sometimes it's your spirit baby trying to tell you some stuff. And all you need to do is sit down, shut up and listen and do what they're trying to say. So yeah, that's about all I have. Anything else you'd want to add? No, that's it. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper keeper banter make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes again for classes and more information go to herbal.teachable.com brought to you by herbal training